This is episode 28 of Hopped on Sports. Glad to have you. Welcome back. And guess what, guys? This week, we're going to have real football. I'm talking college football this week. I cannot wait. Steven, I know you can't wait either. How happy are you to have it back, man? Oh, man, it's just the best thing ever. It, it, it It's awesome because... It just tells me that we're one step closer to hockey season, and I cannot wait for hockey season. Yeah, I can't. I, I imagine you would say that. This is the exciting part. We we have never had this long of a college football season. You know what else we've never had? What? An episode of Hopped on Sports during football season. That's true. I and am ready for that. I think everyone is because once you start hearing our debates, our uh, – our take on things during uh, football season, I think everyone's going to be really excited because we're two football guys who absolutely love the game, love watching it, and uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting yeah, season. and so. I think something that we need to do on Thursday um, is we need to make our predictions. Oh, we need to make our predictions. Me. not I've, only. I've already for, got something for us. Not so. only for NCAA, but we need to pick our divisions, NFC, AFC. We need to pick who's going to win the divisions, who's going to win the conferences, okay. who's going to win the Super Bowl. Um, I like it. I think that that would give us something cool to talk about throughout our time. We're going to be referencing our fantasy football league throughout the season, I think is fair to say. Well, um, 100%. It's going to be mean, fun. That's, that's all the, uh, the smack talk we've got. You know, we're in the same uh, – not just same league, but same division. Yeah, we've got 20 teams so in, the, in our league. There's a lot going on. Two now. divisions, 10 people per division, and we're going to be battling. We're 100% on the hardest division in the league, and it's going to be a battle just yes, to sir. get to the finals. Absolutely. Well, we've got a great show for you tonight, so let's go ahead and get into things first. Let's get into this beer. Yeah. Now, our good friend... Bill Pinkley, shout out Bill. Oh, that's why he wasn't at work yeah. today. Yeah, oh, so he okay. went ahead and he made a little trip to Utah this past weekend. Wait, did he get me? Is he getting me a glass? I don't know. He's getting me a glass. When, I don't know is he still getting, gone or is he coming back? I think he's already back. Wow, I'm not 100 percent sure, but he uh, he made a little trip to Uinta. You've heard us reference this on the podcast before. Uinta Brewery Company out of Salt Lake. Utah, and I... Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City, yeah. Good call. Um, I went to the liquor store out of Owasso, uh, and let me tell you, Stephen, this this liquor store in Owasso, I've said it multiple times, it is a great, great liquor store, man. <laughs> okay, chill out. Hey. It is definitely a place to check it in out. In case y'all are wondering, Kirkland Praline Pecans. They're solid. Preston will attest. I had a few before the show started. So those things are really good. But um, went ahead and went to the the liquor store. Just so many options, dude. So many bottles. You would not believe how many bottles. Like on a pick six or just Uh, beer in general? No, just like beer in general. The pick six, eh, it's kind of average. But like the bottles you could buy, just uh, one bottle, generally about 16 ounces of a beer. Individual. There's another spider. I swear there's another spider. (laughs) Thank you. All right. And you didn't no, kill I, it. I got it. I got it. It's, it we're good. Uh, <laughs> apparently, this is what our podcast has come to. It's <laughs> killing spiders during the show. Anyway, end up buying this beer. This is a special limited release 
uh, Uinta beer called Noble Nectar. It's a golden hued ale with Belgian yeast. And let me tell you, it's got little, uh, it says, um, grains of paradise spelt in honey. And I can definitely taste the honey in this. It is a, um, a very smooth, like, like you said, it checks in at like um, 8.5%. So, I mean, it is a heavier beer uh, as far as alcohol content. For a Pilsner, for, man? For, for alcohol content, yeah. Well, for a Pilsner, but, 8.5 is like right. not harsh well, but with strong. With the gold nail, I'm thinking, okay, it's probably like a Belgian, and that's kind of where you get the yeast from, uh, the um, Belgian yeast aspect of the beer. I'm telling you, dude, this is... I thought you did say this was a Pilsner. Well, the golden ale part of it is kind of like drinks more of that, but then you get the Belgian part of it, and it's more of a Belgian, I would say. So it's not as surprising coming in at 8.5. Yeah, I hadn't even read the can, but But I mean, like you said, it's it's a a golden-hued ale with Belgian yeast, and let me tell you, it pours pretty... It's a nice looking beer. Very good looking beer. Yeah, it's like a dehydrated pea looking type <laughs> color, and now it the, tastes good. Now, what I really like about the can, you need a cans. They've got the uh, the compass aspect to it, where you look at it. When I think of uh, Uinta, I'm thinking they've got the packet out, which we've featured on the show. Um, they've got these different ones that are, con- uh, you know, constructed. Oh, well, they around. had the Hopnosh IPA. Very yeah, good beer. Hopnosh. Yep. They've, they've constructed around this idea of being outdoors and things like that because of Utah and, you know, mountains, things like that. But, like, the cool aspect of and their cans, like it's just really cool. I, I, I'm just really digging it. Once again, one of the things, many reasons why I want to go to this brewery. They've also got an aspect to the can where it actually rates how hoppy the malts, the body, the color of the beer Um they rank it as a light color, light body, about a quarter of the way of a uh, multi, and then um, pretty light on the hop scale of things. But you can see all that on the can. It's just a really cool aspect that they've added to their can to where you can see what kind of beer that, that I'm talking about. Yeah. So it, it's just different. I mean, it's it's a I like it. It's... You don't see many cans kind of go that far in explaining what kind of beer they're doing, especially on a special release. I mean, this thing only comes out once a year, is what they're saying. This is the 2018 version. Um, and, man, I, I really like it, so let's go ahead and get it up. Cheers. Very good. Second drink. Yeah, it's good. Now, what is Smooth, man. what is also good is... Uh, we're drinking out, out of our uh, Oma brand Gang, new, brand our, new. Yeah, brand new Oma Gang glasses that we actually got tonight at McNelly South, um, where we went and had the pint night out there. Had a good beer there. Decided uh, yeah. was it good? You know what? So it was a, it was what was called a pale sour ale. It was it was Oma Gang. So the glass, yeah. we got the glass. The glass. We were going good. for the glass. That is to I be fair. I did not go for that beer, and I would not go back for that beer. But the glass is That's, awesome. It's interesting because I would because although sours are really different, if you've had a sour and you understand what I'm talking about, you'd go okay. Like sours are different in this aspect. It, it's a 
pale sour ale. So yeah, I mean, how I how I explained it to you was it kind of really starts off really bitter, really sour, and then it just kind of stops and kind of fades off, and you kind of get more of the nodes of the the flavor. Um, I don't well, know. Man. It, I mean, it would almost be like saying. Oh, well, if you've ever tried this, you'd know what I'm saying. Like, if you ever eat dog poop, you know what I'm saying. This one tastes like dog poop with sugar. Like, it's not for me, man. It's not for everyone. It's not I'm for not, me at I'm all. I'm not a big sour guy myself. I'm not going to lie. The seventh drink was better than the first and the sixth. But the first drink I had of this beer, and Preston knows it because I was like... He made the beer, literally the beer they, face. I might just let them pour this out and I'll just take the glass because it... I mean, it, it it almost tastes like it almost tastes like you added like gummy worms, like sour gummy worms to champagne. I don't I don't know. That's 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 an interesting way to put it. But hey, whatever, I get it. Sours are different, man. That's all I could say. But overall, what we're having tonight, good beer, good way to finish the night. Hard day, Mondays. No one likes Mondays. This is a good way to uh, kind of finish our Monday and talk a little sports. So, Or only beer. If we could ever get to sports, that would be great. Yeah, right. So, like I said, Saturday, we're going to have football again. Real live football. You got number eight, I believe, Florida versus Miami. Yeah. You know what else we have Saturday? What? Wild Brew. Oh, I don't know if we've told them about this. We should talk about this. That's a good point. So Saturday is a big day. Friday is a big day because we have our draft party. We do, yeah. But we don't have to talk about that. NFL, fantasy football draft. We are excited about that, having our draft party. But Saturday, we're having Wild Brew at the convention center downtown Tulsa where you've got 80 breweries come together with uh, local restaurants. And they go, you know what? (laughs) Let's have a party. Let's get people to come out, try different restaurants, try different uh, beers, and enjoy just a good day of food and beer. And I've worked this event um, a couple times before, and I I told Stephen about it, said, hey, man, we should volunteer, go work this, because you get to go participate in a session as well. And so we're going to go do that this week. We're going to go participate, enjoy the session, and then we're going to go work. So we'll see how that goes. But Wait, we have to go to the session and then work? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. So it's going to be right. uh, be an interesting day. Um, I'm excited because it is, it's just a fun environment, man. Anyone who's been there before knows what I'm talking about. Local people here in Tulsa know that Wild Brew is one of those events that really you can get anyone to go to because you have the the food aspect. You're like, oh, well, I don't drink much. Well, they've got a bunch of local food, a bunch of places putting in uh, different things so you can go try their food. Um, and then you've got all the breweries on top of that. And so we're going to go volunteer, have a good time, try a bunch of different brew. And, uh, brew? Brew, man. And try, try a bunch of different brew? Brew, bruh. All right. And just have a good night. Um, and I, think, I think it'll be a awesome, lot of fun. And we're going to have Miami playing Florida. Florida coming in at number so that's eight, where I Miami. Other way, yeah. Florida, Florida number eight, yeah. Miami checking in. Saturday, six p.m. Right 6 after we get done, hopefully. Yep, exactly. So watch like the first official football game of the year. Yep. 
I am looking forward to that. Absolutely. And that night, which is also good, I always like a good nightcap game, you know, and you can always count on the Pac-12 to deliver. Really? Because you got Arizona versus Hawaii that night as well. I mean, the Pac-12, though, you think Dude, they I, deliver more than anybody else? No, not not more than anyone else. They Arizona. Always, they, they always deliver Arizona, the late-night game. I, I could literally, literally care I mean, less about those two teams. However, I do care that football's on, and it, it counts. I you mean, think Arizona-Hawaii is going to be better than Florida-Miami? No, I'm going to watch Florida-Miami, and then that night at 9.30, after the Arizona, uh, or I mean, after the Florida-Miami game ends, I'm going to watch a little right. bit of Arizona-Hawaii. But do you think that Arizona-Hawaii are going to deliver better than Florida versus Miami? No. Well, you know what? Generally, Pac-12 games can be fun to watch just because they're good competition. Generally, those games will probably end up being better just because, you know, like the big-time game doesn't ever I mean, really live up a, to a You've type. got a rival going there, though, in, I know, in Florida-Miami. I mean, Florida's dominated Florida's for probably so going to win. Yeah. Miami, though, I mean, what's crazy is you think back to the 80s and 90s oh, about Miami. Yeah. Dude, they... Were trust me from a guy who's an they OU were fan, nasty. No one knows better more about the U than, uh, unfortunately, the University of Oklahoma does. So, it is what it is. But we're gonna have football, and that's all that matters because I am so excited, so excited to see some real live football, dude. Hopkins dreadlocks are getting so long. Have you seen this? I don't even know how this guy gets his helmet on. <laughs> now that that actually is pretty intense. Like, I mean, obviously, speaking of fantasy, you're year like, in, you're out. Can you trust a guy like that with that kind of dreadlocks? Well, yeah. Can you? I think he's proven himself. So well, maybe so. I would. Maybe so. Um, um, big news is APL, AP poll com, came out today. Sorry. Let me can't, guess. Can't OU's not that. in the top five, and you're pissed off. No, no. OU is number in the four. Top four. What yep. are they? They're number four. Okay, I figured and probably that's what it was. No big surprises here. Uh, Clemson comes in at number one. Bama two. Georgia three. Uh, OU number four. So kind where, of the, where was Clemson? Uh, number one. Okay, good. I think that's fair. Well, what's cool is this is the first time in their history Clemson has been number one to go into going a into season a season yeah at the at an AP poll uh, number one. So very cool to see that because it's very, I mean, they deserve it. You know, they're a program that has done it the right way. Dabo, I don't so think much anyone's, Dabo. I don't think anyone's got a bad thing to say about Dabo. Uh, uh, maybe Nick Saban. <laughs> well, yeah, out of, you know, bitterness. Right. But the guy's done it the right way and he's built a program that is just absolutely incredible. And he's... It's, it's I've made way more noise than I thought. Yeah, I'm diving back into so the pecan. Much noise. Um, but he's done it the right way, and that that's the way to do it, man. Because Clemson, I mean, they're a force to be reckoned reckon with, not just this year, but for years to come. And that that's what's that's how you know you built a great program. So, how long does it take <laughs> for you to finish chewing? Like what? <laughs> What are you getting out of here? How long does it take until Sweeney gets the offer in the NFL? Uh, that's, that, that's interesting. I haven't really thought I mean, about that. No, serious. Like, you, you, would look think, at, you would sure think it's coming. Right? You look at Texas Tech losing their head coach to the NFL. Not even close to the caliber no, not coach the same Dabo kind of guy is. Dabo but is. he's great. He right. is a good coach. 
I would. I mean, he's signed a pretty big contract, so I I don't I don't see him leaving. But I mean, it'd be interesting to to hear yeah. if there's some offers but out there. There, there has to be something to it. Yeah. You see Bob Stoops. Um, even in like college basketball, you see these coaches staying with these universities for so long. There's got to be a type of money that we're not understanding involved right. with that. I mean, no. Nick Saban been committed to Alabama for how long? I mean, Mac Brown with with uh, Texas for so long, and these guys that are dominant college coaches that never make their way to the NFL, but are still multi multi millionaires. I wonder if they're just doing it because they understand that it's not as much commitment as going to the NFL, but they're still making right. way more than they need. It's just funny because like you would have never thought Bob Stoops would leave OU to go anywhere no. else. No, and then you find out he's at the XFL. Well, it, it's just kind of interesting because like he's like, no, I, I, I can't leave. You know, blah blah blah. He retires thinking it's best for him. Well, it's amazing what $10 million in equity in a team will do. Right. Because instantly he's back coaching. So it's right. like I don't I personally don't think he saw himself doing that. No, I don't I don't either. But like that kind of an opportunity, $10 million. But then also in, I see if OU came back to him, he'd be like, "Well, I'm not going to take this away from Riley." Right. No, like, exactly. We built this for him to take over. Exactly. I that's built a, this office great, for him. Great point. Yeah. He built, what, a $10 million <laughs> just, office? Just the most incredible office. If anyone hasn't seen it, you've got to see this. Google that thing because the the office was made for, you know, Bob Stoops. And I'll just post it to our Facebook. you got a first-year coach come in and inherit this office. It's absolutely ridiculous, but uh, what a recruiting tool. Um Anyway, I just wanted to ask you, um, in case you've got the notes in front of you. Probably not. Um, I'm looking up Bob Stoops' office. Go ahead, go ahead, that's fine. I've got the list here of the top 25 schools for the AP. Okay. Is there anyone on there that kind of jumps out at you that you're like, maybe they're the team that can make it into the playoff and maybe make a run? Absolutely not Georgia. At number three, that is a big-time overranking. Um, big mistake putting them at number three. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, is there as a team that maybe yeah, can make it that you're just like maybe they're you know number seventeen, eighteen, whatever they might be right now. Washington. They're, Washington. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. So I mean, Leach, Mike Leach, man, he's he. We all know him as this offensive guru who can maybe make the run. Uh, because they don't have that hard of a schedule. That's right. And they get a certain amount of respect that they could make the top four. But it it also wouldn't surprise me if Washington went undefeated and didn't make the top four. That would be interesting. Maybe not a power five school that goes undefeated. really becomes a difficult situation when you've got a one-loss team going to the final four over a team that has no losses. That's the one flaw with this system that I've seen. And – I mean, I, I think it's a very good point, too. So yeah. I think it's something the NCAA needs to address. Well, eventually. I, th- I think also, though, that it's going to be um, a sense of the Antonio Brown of coaches and programs complaining about, oh, well, we've only got two teams that can make it to the finals in the NCAA. Well, now we need four. Well, now what do we need, eight? Now what do we need, the Sweet 16? Right. I mean, I it's mean, football. We can't play that many games. Right. Can you agree that one day we're going to be an Elite Eight? We're going to have an eight yeah. 
yeah. team playoff in the yeah. NCAA. It's just a matter of 10 yeah. years before it happens. Right. Because somebody's going to get screwed over the next five years. Well, we're, we're already, it's already it, happened. It's going to take one time for Alabama to get left out for everyone to be like, oh, my God, there's got to be a You playoff. say Alabama, it's one time for OU, too. It's one time uh, for LSU. I mean, it's one Alabama, time for USC. I mean, you get a big program. Yeah, it probably doesn't matter who. So now you're debating that Alabama's the bigger program than OU? No, it is. I mean, I, 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 I would probably agree. I would argue that. I mean, th- they are what they are. They've put it on in the hardest time to be a dominant program in history, and they're doing it. I mean, But could you imagine? I mean, Clemson has one goofy loss this year, and then see, Washington Cle- gets in above them. Like, Clemson, I, I get that argument. Clemson is still kind of, like, feeling it out because they're just kind of newly arrived to the scene as a, a They have, program. but they're still the best program in the last five years. I'd say Alabama is, but over the last five years, yeah, I'd say Alabama, Alabama loses to OU twice. Was it twice? Just once over the last five years. Just once. Five years only once. Yeah, I thought it was twice. No, just once. But um, no, I think Alabama's won two. What does Clemson have two championships over the last and five so years? Alabama. So does Alabama. But Clemson's wins over Alabama have been better than Alabama's wins over anybody else. I mean, it's hard to argue that, but at the same time, it's just the dominance that Alabama has. Has put on in the hardest conference. No one can argue SEC is the best conference. There's, there's no. Yes a, and no. ACC, I mean, like, name me a school that's relevant. I get it. I'm not necessarily saying the ACC is better than the SEC, but would I argue that the Big Ten might be tougher than the SEC? Yes, that's I would argue that a hundred percent. You're looking at Michigan, Michigan State. You're looking at teams that just might have a four-win season, but are a force. I mean, not a four win. They might have an eight win right. season, as a, yeah. a four loss season, is what right. I meant yeah. to say. Yeah. But there's somebody that could play in the in the tournament, but they've just got to play some tough teams. And yep. when you're going against Harbaugh, I mean, you're going against these coaches, especially that, in the environments. I mean, all these free, these stadiums hold a hundred thousand people. Right. It's like, gosh, that's the thing. I mean, playing, when you have to travel in front of that, when you have to go on the road and play in front of a hundred thousand people. I don't care if your team's a C plus on the road; they're a B plus or a B minus at home, and that's not a team you want to play. Right. No, that's fair. A um, couple little notes here. I just wanted to finish up on. Uh, we got the news yesterday: Cedric Benson dies at the age of thirty-six. Oh, that's awful. I saw that. Very unfortunate uh, motorcycle accident. Sucks to see such a legendary player, especially at the college level. Uh, go so I mean, early. I mean, just think. Let, I'm going to interrupt you before you finish this. With yeah. all due respect to Benson, um, I want to. I just want to read off for the guys at home. I want to read off the Big Ten teams. I could name you all the Big Ten. Okay, start naming them then. <coughs> uh, you've got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. You've got Wisconsin. You've got Illinois. You've got Minnesota. You've got uh, Nebraska. Iowa, Penn State, Illinois, Purdue, Maryland, Indiana, um, Michigan, obviously Michigan State, you said. These are teams that nobody is comfortable with playing. Yeah, there's a lot on there. We'll just say it again. Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, Northwestern, uh, Michigan State. They're one of those conferences, though. It's like... You're like, oh, man, I really don't want to play them. Then you play them, and you win 36-10, and you're like, they're such an overrated I mean, conference. okay, yes, but you don't want to play them at home. 
Period. No, you don't want to. I, I can't but then argue look at this. That, so. Okay, we're going to read the SEC teams: Cincinnati, South Florida, Temple. No, man, man. That's not SEC. Oh, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> as I started reading that. Yeah. There we go. Southeastern Conference. <laughs> I was like, since I, when I, as I was reading that too, because I just Googled it and started reading. Um, what? You got Georgia, Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. You argue that Tennessee sucks. So, no, but um, playing at Tennessee is, I mean, well, it's, yeah, it's 102,000 people. But are you scared to play Kentucky's football team? No. I mean, are you scared, really? I mean, Florida, maybe yes this year. Vanderbilt, eh, I mean, Texas A&M, LSU, Mississippi State, Auburn, Ole Miss, Arkansas. That's obviously the strong division with Alabama. Oh, yeah. No doubt. There's no doubt. But I argue that the Big Ten is going to be stronger um, than the East. I don't even think that's a debate. I think that's fair. I'll yeah. give you that one. The Big Ten as a whole. I'm not saying one yeah, division of the right. Big Ten. The Big Ten as a whole. From top to bottom. Going to be stronger than Georgia, Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. I um, think so. You don't want to play... Alabama, Texas, A&M, LSU, Mississippi State, Auburn, Ole Miss, or Arkansas at home, period. Just like you don't want to play any of the Big Ten teams at home. Penn State's one of those that will just come out and whip you, and you'll be like, they're not even ranked. Yeah. Like, well, that's just what they do. They're a weird, weird team. Yeah. uh, Kudos to them for being relevant after everything that's happened. I really want to talk our predictions today, but we're going to save that for Thursday. Yeah, we'll save it for next episode. I've got a lot to talk about next episode. I really want to talk about that. We'll keep that under wraps. But uh, just to finish what I was saying, Cedric Benson passes away. 36 years old. A Packer, a Bear, and a Bengal. I had a, I, I was gonna say I had to look it up of all, some of his his stats and things like that. And I mean, what do you have? 32 touchdowns in the NFL. Um, I don't. I, th- know. I think yeah, I think sure. he had roughly 32, so. 30, but 35. But he was ninth all time in on the rushing list in NCAA history. Very right. strong rookie I mean, of the year. We we know him. And yeah, at, at Texas. See, like obviously being OU fan, I look at his Texas resume. I mean, he was an All-American. Yeah. He's he, a guy you don't want to play no, against no, in, in the Red River. That was the kind of guy you're just like, gosh, I hate to see that they've got that guy lining up across the ball. Uh, but he was he's very dominant, very good guy. Um, all these great stories have come out since he's passed, that the kind of person he was. Just it stinks to lose a guy so young. I mean, 30, Cedric is just such a legendary name. Thirty-six years too. old, man. I know. Cedric. Everybody I think of named Cedric just has such a good Cedric rep the behind their name. You know, yeah. just like. Um, so stinks to lose a good, a good one, but you know, so RIP Cedric hey, young too, man, but motorcycles man, that though, sucks. That's yep. what happens on those things. Yep, exactly. So, um, you know, thoughts and prayers with him and his family. Um, the only other thing I had was OU names Jalen Hurts starting QB today. Yeah, obviously. Not, not a giant surprise. We um, talked about this, what, three it, weeks ago, four or five weeks ago. It, not a surprise It's just at good all. to kind of get it past us because it's like now we can focus on, okay, here it is. He's the guy. Go all in and see where he can lead this program. So um, now before we came on, just, I mean minutes yeah. before we came on. Now uh, we can focus on what, Houston? E- ESPN came out. Houston's first game, right? Yeah. ESPN came out with a new story that was coming out that Brown has actually put out 
a new <laughs> yeah. It's a good beer. A new grievance uh for his helmet. Right. He's not having it, man. He is he wants his helmet. Well, I'll tell you what, if he would show up to practice at least once to try the new helmet, maybe he wouldn't <laughs> mind it. But I don't know that he's even been in Oakland. Now, that's a good point because that's how I was going to start the show was Brown is gone again. And the GM of the Raiders has come out and said, hey, we're ready to hear, is he all in or is he all out on this season and continuing to you know, grow with this franchise because we want him here. We want him to be a big part of this franchise. But then again, he's not even showing up to practice. So where do they go from here? I don't know. And it, it, it's already turned into such an ugly, ugly situation. Because, I mean, the um, Oakland pretty much said either you're all in or you might as well just be out. Yeah. I mean, they came out and said other. that. Yeah, no, that's what I was just saying. GM and, and good for came them. Out and said it because it's you're to the point we're a couple weeks away, like, man. Hey, we've like, got to grow two, as a we're team. We're two and a half weeks away from yeah. them. You know, first first real snap of the NFL season, right, dude? You're not even on. You know, you're not practicing with first team. You're not out here. You're not doing anything. Yes, you're a superstar. I'm sure you can get out there and do your thing. Snap on, but it's like at some point you have to understand, like. Be normal, dude. Right. Go go to practice. Do your stuff with first team guys. Right. Don't continue to hold out on your first year with this franchise. You know, as I'm sitting here, I've still got this picture of DeAndre Hopkins up on my computer. It, it, I mean, you think of dreadlocks and helmets. How important is a helmet to somebody who has dreadlocks versus somebody that doesn't? That's interesting. I, I say one of two things. One... You're not as worried about your helmet because you've got a little bit of extra padding with the dreadlocks. Or two, the helmet is the most important part of your outfit because it has to feel comfortable with all that hair. And it's not like super soft hair. Dreadlocks, I mean, they're pretty firm. Yeah. So, I don't know. You think of AB, he's got like a little mohawk fade thing going. Um but he's also had the same helmet the whole time he's played. That's all he knows, yeah. He's not so much worried about his safety. I think that's clear. It just, he just wants his helmet. It just really contradicts itself. because Which, Is that the same helmet he's had since high school? It could be. Well, it's the same. They said he's had it for 10 years. So college. So college. For sure college. Yeah, you think it's a little bit of college, at least the beginning of his NFL career. So it's all he knows, I mean, for the most part. You know, you're thinking about that, but... Same time, man. You just said, "All right, I'm excited to get back back out there with my teammates. Right. I'm ready to get after it. Same goals, everyone else. Let's do this, blah blah." And then you're like, "Eh, one second. But imagine somebody coming to you and telling you, "Hey, yeah, let's go play golf, but I'm gonna give you a new putter." Yeah. No, Whoa, wait. What do you right, mean you're it, gonna give me a new putter? It, it changes the game for sure. I'm not. I'm not doubting that. But like, dude, first year guy. With uh, with a new franchise, it's like you want to get in there, make that quarterback and you know the offense feel comfortable with yeah. what you're bringing to the table. Well, he's he's got a rude awakening coming. If he don't if he doesn't figure something out real quick with this helmet situation, he's either and I don't know the contract terms, but either a he's going on the trade or b he's getting cut. Yeah, but who would who's gonna take? Can, can they Maybe. cut him with the contract they've got with him? No. I don't even know how that works. Uh, no, probably not. I, I, would I would say no. I, I would say no just because the money, like, 
you're not going to cut a guy at that kind of money. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. But, I absolutely can't stand Antonio Brown right now. I know. It but just if sucks. for some reason it he wants to go to the I Packers, if he wants to go to the Packers, <laughs> my feelings it. might change just right. a little bit. I can imagine. Just a little now, bit. Now, what if I told you Zeke Elliott could be a guy that could go to the Packers? I wouldn't even care. I'd rather lose than have to watch him play on the Packers. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So this guy and his story is becoming really interesting because Jerry Jones, making a joke the other day, said when asked about the whole Zeke situation all that, he responded, Zeke who? And everyone laughs, and it's kind of a, a funny little, little, you know, little joke. Um, Zeke is uh, and his agent – did not think it was very funny. No. In fact, they found it very disrespectful. Um, well, good. I'm, I'm glad because go. good for Jerry Jones. He's t- probably getting, Jerry's probably getting tired of getting disrespected. Between yeah. Dak and Zeke, who he has treated with nothing Dez. but respect, Dez, he's gone all out for these guys. He's had some great athletes. He's done a lot of things. He's spent a heck of a lot of money on this organization. He's made a heck of a lot of money on this organization. But good for him. That's all I have to say. Good for Jerry for having a little bit of a backbone maybe, but at the same time you're like, Zeke who? You mean the guy that's like kind of in the face of the Cowboys since uh, Troy Eggman? (laughs) I mean. The the, the problem with this is this goes one of two ways. Either – Goes, Other than Jason Witten. It goes in all in Jones's favored or favorite and or it goes in all in Zeke's favorite, where it's like Cowboys either uh flourish in what they've already got out there and they're like, Oh, we don't need Zeke. You know, kinda of like what happened with DeMarco Murray. You, you need a running back though. I know, I mean, but DeMarco Murray led the NFL in oh, rushing. Yeah. Next yeah. year he was gone. Gone. It's just it's crazy. Yep, and they're so, the hardest person to replace, but the easiest person to replace. I mean, it's the weirdest really thing. You really feel that way. Yeah. you really feel that because, way. Because I mean, look what happened with the Steelers. You lose the best running back in the league yeah. with Le'Veon Bell. All of a sudden, James Conner comes James in. James Conner, guy who like, just beat cancer a couple wait a years minute. before. You're like, wait a minute, is this guy the guy that I watched last year? For people that don't watch football, yeah. might have been like, oh, it's the same stud running the ball. Yeah. No, this is James Conner, somebody who's underrated apparently yeah. um, and arguably one of the best right now because look at the numbers he had. I'm not saying he's the best, but yeah. look at his numbers. His numbers would argue differently. His numbers are up there. He That's was sure. uh, making Steelers fans come out against Le'Veon Bell and say, go, we don't need you. Look at this dude. Look what he's doing. We're winning games. He's getting points. He's getting yards. Go home. I think the Cowboys have a big, big decision to make yeah. very soon because you either got to do this with Zach or Zeke, sorry, uh, do this with Zeke or you have to go, you know what, we're going to yeah. roll the dice and keep rolling with this. We're going to just go with whatever. We're yeah. going to we're gonna forget about Zeke and we're going to trust yeah. Dak and we're going to just roll with whichever uh, running back we get. Felix Jones, you want to come back? I know you're 40, whatever. Come on. <laughs> Um, two of the biggest Steelers fans I know, uh, the Williamsons, the father-son, they both were at the point where they were like, Le'Veon can just kick dirt. Just go. Don't care. James Conner, come on. Let's go. You know, James Conner was doing good. And I don't mean to expand too far on James Conner, but um, it's the fact that, in my opinion, 
the running back is the hardest and the easiest position to replace. We've got a friend, Isaac Bennett. Didn't make it to the NFL. I don't know how hard he pursued it. He could very well be running in the NFL right now. He played for Pittsburgh. He was drafted by TU. Um, This is a guy that has great speed. He's very strong and was a strong running back at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, not the Steelers, but um, Pitt Panthers. And it's a point being, he could run in the NFL. I don't even think there's a question about it. He could get in the end zone whether he's from the 10-yard line in or whether he's from the opponent's 20 in. He what, could run. What's funny is you say that is one of the running backs that were in front of him at the end of it all was Connor, James yeah, Connor. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's true. Isaac Bennett was playing behind James Connor. Yeah. Yep. So and uh, when when Isaac, and I, I don't know if Isaac's listening or not, but he, got, he went to TU. Out of college, well, Coach Graham was so, there. So, so he committed to TU. Yep, he right. committed. Or, or, Coach, or was going to, like, that was the direction because yep. him and Graham were all that. Coach Graham was at TU, and then right. Coach Graham ends up transferring to Pittsburgh. Exactly. Well, he brings Isaac with him, and, yeah, and essentially exactly. he brings Isaac with him. Right. And I don't know the whole story, but that's what happened. Isaac goes to Pittsburgh, and uh, he's behind Connor. Well, Isaac still runs. I mean, he still takes some snaps, as most colleges yeah. have multiple running backs. And he did pretty dang well. Yeah. And this is, I mean, we're talking about one of the most athletic people I know. And nobody's going to convince me that he couldn't take snaps in the NFL. He might not average the six to seven yards like some of these star running backs are doing. But he's going to be the kind of guy that can break a tackle or two and make it to the end zone on a 60-yard run. So, we're, we're, I mean, we are getting off topic here just a little bit. A little bit. But point being... Le'Veon Bell's replaceable, and so is Antonio Brown. I agree. Because the toxicity that comes with Le'Veon, I mean, we mean with uh, Antonio Brown, there's certain things that you just go, we're just going to forget about that and move on. Well, you look at you look at uh, Bell, you're like, well, is this guy going to play a full season or not? Because he's suspended, you know, four games for this. He's suspended two games for this. It's like... Well, at some point, you want a guy who's going to play all the games if you know if healthy, right? And then you got a guy like Brown who's literally saying, "You know what? I don't think I'm going to play because I can't wear my helmet." Right. Yeah. Or Zeke, who can't stay out of trouble. Yeah. Zeke, and same with any l- cowboy. Zeke is lucky to have a contract. Right. Exactly. I mean, he just this week, like we haven't even mentioned this, he just got cleared out of something. Right. Uh, that happened months back. Um. But he was involved in it. It's like, you're a star running back, and you want star money, but you can't even stay out of trouble. Like, how are you going to sit there and ask for that? Yeah, and I'm going to transition this big time right now, but this is something that John Jones has dealt with throughout his career, too. Yeah. Early on, not so much. Lately, big time. I mean, the guy is like, is he going to fight, or is he going to get in trouble? Is he going to pass it? Is he going to win the fight and then fail his drug test, or what? Which, well, which really recently, stinks because what was he's it? so great. UFC 241. We just watched this weekend. I believe 241, right? Yep. Um, Daniel Cormier fights. Nate Diaz fights. And boy, was it a card. Yeah. So, yeah. Cormier, Stipe, a card. Uh, Nate, and Pettis. I yeah. mean, just. I mean, Stipe, man, comes out and is just getting wailed on by Daniel Cormier. Yeah. I mean, if you watch this, the first four rounds were absolutely Cormier's. First three. 
First three, for 100%. Fourth was fourth? like kind of open. Well, but the fourth. I, I thought Cormier was still controlling it. Yes then, and no. Then out of nowhere, Stipe decided, you know what? I'm going to start doing these body shots yep. on Cormier and really try to like slow him down with that. Yeah. And boy, early did fourth, it work. Early fourth, Stipe starts getting low on Cormier. And I'm thinking, okay, Cormier, arguably the best wrestler yeah. in the UFC, yeah. arguably the best wrestler in the history of the UFC. Yeah, um, right this is there. a guy that wrestled for Coach John Smith at OSU, who mm-hmm. I would say, without a question, is probably the best wrestling coach in the history of the NCAA sports. Uh, multi-time Olympic champion, Cormier, it starts taking these body shots. After he's been welling on Stipe this whole fight, I start thinking, how long? Until Cormier takes Stipe down. That's all he has to do. Because it's not a it's matter all of he has to do. If, if Cormier can take him down. It's no. a matter of when. when. When, yeah. And he doesn't do it. And I'm watching going, okay, I told Sid. You and me were sitting there watching the fight. I looked to my right. I told my friend Sidney. I said, when is he going to take him down? How long until he takes him down? Because he's obviously taken damage to the torso. And Stipe keeps going at it. And he's like, I think I figured something out. I'm going to keep punching his ribs. And he goes and he goes. And eventually, probably sixth or seventh heavy rib rib shot, he stuns him a little bit. And uh, you could tell Cormier felt it. Takes a step back. Well, Stipe socks him in the jaw. You see some uh, some snot fly out of his mouth, his nose. And uh, then he catches another one. Smelt blood, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Stipe lands two or three more fights over. You're going, dude, Cormier just dominated the first three rounds. Dominated. Dominated. As a wrestler, he's stand-up, he's boxing. Um, And this is what he's known for. He's, what, 22-1? and And now he's 22-2 and because Stipe went for the body? Um, I, I think... Kudos to Stipe for not being scared of getting taken down. One of the things that you're scared about when you're fighting Cormier is, okay, this guy can hit, but at any time he's going to take me down and just choke me out. He's going to wrestle me. He's going to use these skills that John Smith taught him to end this fight, and I mean, it didn't happen. Stipe, he's one of the best heavyweights of all time. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He he is absolutely solid, um, can stand with anyone, but... He was celebrating pretty you hard. Also saw him get dominated for three rounds, but he stayed in it, and you know was able to pull the victory because uh, as soon as he smelt blood, he he capitalized on it, yeah. uh, which kind of brings me to the next fight. I mean, well, well, hold on. You're looking at now Cormier, who was twenty two and one. Now he's twenty two and two. Yeah. And Stipe, who was eighteen and three, is now nineteen and three. So, right. but but both Cormier, very proven. Cormier is forty years old. Right, I mean, exactly. This is it, you know. But I mean, like, uh, here's credit to Cormier: the dude didn't get tired. Oh no, he, he didn't look like he got tired at all. No, I mean, he, and then he held and it. then you go to the next fight. You're talking about um, Diaz. Diaz and Pettis, yeah, bro. They were both gassed in the second. They were. I mean, but at the same and this time, this is a three round fight with Pettis right. and. Uh, and Diaz and Daniel it, Cormier and Stipe Miocic, right. they're going five. But at the same time, you saw Diaz, like, man, he just, like, continued to accept blows. He was just like... That's his career. No, it is. Listen to him talk. It's an interesting strategy to go, you know what? I'm just going to let you hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. 
but I'm going to capitalize as soon as, you know, you're yeah. down or as soon as I, I find a weakness um, because it, it was a good fight, but at the same time, the whole time you kind of knew Nate Diaz was in control. And, um, man, he, he, he really finished it strong and really represented uh, for, you know, what he came from because he hasn't fought in three years. Three years, and he comes right. back after a huge fight such as Conor McGregor. Comes back, fights Pettis, who is a great fight in my opinion. I mean, that was a, a big guy to go ahead and go and knock off because it really represents, well, you know what, Nate Diaz is, is the truth. I and, just and saw he this. He really uh, does represent the, the weight class. Yeah, I just, I, well, I don't like Nate Diaz one bit. Not an inkling in my whole body. It, it, shows any appreciation or respect to that guy at all. Um, possibly the only athlete that I like That's less. A shame. That I like less than uh, Akib Talib and Nadama Kasu. But I respect what he does. He's good at what he does. I just yes. don't like him. No, I don't either. And I can't stand to listen to him. But before we get too far... Cormier issued a statement, yeah, and, I, and I, I hadn't seen this I, I until just it. now. It was, it was about but, an hour ago before. Yeah, he wrote, uh, he wrote to Stipe directly. He said, you showed so much heart and grit. You're the definition of Cleveland tough. I mean, that's pretty strong. cool that that's he strong. says that because that fight, that was a good fight. And Cormier, yeah. I'm telling you, he almost knocked out Stipe at least Multiple three times, times in the second Multiple. round. Yeah. Just the, the fight was over, in yeah. my opinion. Um, he also wrote just simple, like, sorry to all my fans. I've let you down. My wife, my kids, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. But, um, credit to Stipe. I don't have anything against Stipe like I do Diaz, but he came out and Cormier, he's like at 22 and one. It's hard to argue. He's not one of the best. Yeah. One loss. I mean, you don't see many guys in the UFC with one loss, especially not in the heavyweights where you one hit, you're done. Um, so I, I argue that he's one of the best. 22-1 and one in the heavyweight division, tough to beat. Uh, Stipe comes out, he one-ups him. But also, Stipe, I feel like he had a little bit of an advantage. He has a height advantage. He's got all this, but Cormier was picking him apart. And I felt like the Cormier fight was a little more entertaining because it was one-sided and you're thinking the whole time, okay, how long till Cormier ends this? And yeah. then all of a sudden, Stipe comes in and flips the script. You're like, and Stipe moment, literally has to knock him out to win this. As soon as you yeah. see Stipe start going for the ribs, you see, oh, this fight might change a little bit. And then all of a sudden it does. And then it's over. And the wow factor at the end of that fight was much bigger than the wow factor at the end of the Diaz fight. Because the Diaz went split decision. I think it was pretty clear that Diaz won that fight. So, um, anyways, enough talk about MMA. Uh, Freaking Denny Hamlin ends up winning another NASCAR race. Getting tired of this guy placing first, but uh, not going to talk much more about Denny Hamlin. So, if you want to, you can. I know you like him because your boys like him, but... Jordan brand, man. Yeah. Represents. We're just going to wait till it matters. If he can win when it matters, then I'll respect him. But, okay. Uh, That's fair. I, I don't I, Who do you think, if you had to pick one driver, you think is going to win the cup this year in NASCAR? Who do you think it would be? Man, you know, I, I was just thinking about this actually just the other day because 
the very reason, you know, what kind of really intrigued me about NASCAR was I, I end up watching a um, uh, an HBO um, Real Sports story about Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. And um, this was on HBO. You said. Yeah. Okay. And listening to his story and how he trains to drive and whatnot. Okay. I'm just thinking he hasn't been relevant in a, in a way, Years. you know what I mean? He's you know, been he's been scary, but he hasn't been like, relevant. You always know he's there, right? But it's like he hasn't been relevant. Him though. as a driver has not changed. His team and his capability of his teams has changed. Engine performances they all changed throughout the years. So he's I, still arguably I, the best. I was thinking I've I've heard a lot about him trying to tweak things and try to move forward and things like that. And so that kind of made me think, you know what? What about if like this was the year. This was the year he kind of gets everything nah. going and all that. Right. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's not like I'm fully, you know, committed into uh, learning new things and whatnot in the NASCAR world. But from what I've heard and everything like that, it'd be really interesting to see if Jimmy came out this year and had a big year because. Yeah. It just seems like he's kind of ready to make that last little push to kind of get back to some of that uh, being relevant because, man, for a while it was like he was the man, and out of nowhere he just wasn't the man. And so, Well, Jimmy Johnson, uh, he won the first race of the year. Right. Clash at Daytona. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, the Clash at Daytona does not count towards the playoffs. I don't, I don't think so. I, think I don't think it does. Um, he has not won since, to my knowledge. Um, however, Joey Logano has. I know. Well, Kyle I, Busch I has. I like mentioning And, and I say this Logano. because I, I feel like, um, yes, Jimmy Johnson is always going to be one of those guys that you know at any point could win a race. But Chevy hasn't been running very strong. And... Seven championships, man. Jimmy obviously knows what he's doing. This year, I don't feel like it's his year. I feel like this year belongs to one of three people. Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, in that order. Um, Are they three of my favorite drivers? Yes, they are. Right. Um, But consistently, these guys have been dangerous. Uh, consistently they've proven themselves to be the best. I think I think currently the best driver on the racetrack is Kyle Busch. I don't even think it's a debate. And he is also the most hated driver on the track for good reason. But he is the most talented driver in current NASCAR. He's better than Jimmy Johnson. He didn't have as good of a run as Jimmy Johnson, but he's better. You watch him drive. Interesting. You watch okay. his moves. You watch him finish races. You watch him do what he can do with a car that's not in good shape for the track. You'll understand. If you really come to understand the sport, you'll you guys will understand where I'm coming from. I think about it. Now, who's who's the most hated player in the NBA? You know, it's funny you say that. Because, Just answer it. Well, I mean, that's it's a tough. I mean, because I think about who I hate. I'm not thinking overall. Think of who the most hated player in the NBA is. You're thinking Draymond Green. That's not the answer. Who? LeBron James. No, no, no. So I just just literally read a new thing today. Um, 
it was 32% LeBron was the most favorite player. Okay, and and 68% he was the least favorite. No. Okay, I, point being, he's one of the least favorite, but one of the most favorite. Right. He's a, one of the least favorite you, because he gets he's all the, the criticism. Best. Yeah, he gets all the criticism because, because he's he the best. is the best. Yeah. I don't even think it's exactly. arguable. Yeah. Him, Durant, I think that they're... Yeah. Well, number two is Durant. So it's like, you right. look at those two guys, you're like, exactly. well, both of those guys are arguably the they're best. Like, and, they're the most and hated, they're, but the most respected, yeah. but the most liked, but People the most hate, hated. People love great, but people hate great. So the, the people that are great that are beating the people that aren't, yeah. the people that aren't are hating the people that are great. Yeah. So I, I mean, is LeBron my favorite? No, but I respect him. I would never say he's my least favorite. Um, I don't hate him, but a lot of people do. Kyle Bush, same. The best, undoubtedly the most hated person in NASCAR right now. More Maybe than, in NASCAR history. I'm telling you, if you watch more NASCAR, than nobody hates Logano. Um, Tony Stewart, Kyle Busch, those guys don't get along with Logano. So right. their fan base doesn't get along with them either. Right. Um, well, Kyle Busch. They've got arguably some of the biggest fan bases, though. So. Kyle Busch, a thousand percent, way more hated okay. than, than Joey Logano. It's not even debatable. There's a lot of people that don't like Joey Logano. Right. I don't understand it. Joey is a family man. He is a, he's a, he's such a he's a nerd. I mean, this guy's somebody that goes out and drives. He goes home. He sounds weird in his interviews. He travels around in his wife in an RV. People don't like him. I don't get it. I mean, he's been my favorite driver since he joined the uh, joint NASCAR. Twenty two. I was born on March twenty second. Twenty two has always been my favorite number. Joey Logano. 22 easy choice right when i was getting into nascar i pick up on joey logano i was like this is my guy brad kozlowski a single two it was like another two wow they're on the same team penske okay penske's my team this is as i'm getting into nascars i'm getting into racing right. so i decided to be a penske fan i decided to be a logano fan i decided to be a kozlowski fan and i stick with it and nascar as i've said to you guys is so much more fun to watch when you have a team to support Versus who you don't know who you're supporting. You're just watching a race. I support Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch. Because I respect Kyle Busch. And number one, Joey Logano. In order, Joey Logano, Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney. Penske, I'm a Team Penske fan. But I respect Kyle Busch enough that I'm going to never have bad blood against him. But I'm also never going to pull for him. I should put Kyle in fourth behind Ryan because I'm never going to pull for him above Penske. Uh, that also transfers into IndyCar. I mean, these guys that are racing for Penske and IndyCar, those are the guys I pull for when I go to the Indy 500. Um, with the exception of Alexander Rossi, that guy's cool. That dude is awesome. The guys you've watched, they, yeah. they host Alexander Rossi. Um He's a bit of a tool, but I've met him. I mean, he's a nice guy. I've, I've had a conversation with him. He's a nice guy, and he's American. And I'm telling you what, in IndyCar, Americans are few and far between, and I love America. I always have, always will. Um, pulling for the American guy always has a – it's hard pulling for Penske <laughs> over a guy who's from America, but I'm, it's like you to OU, me to Penske. I'm pulling for Penske because it's just my team. Right. And, uh, you know, you get to follow all these guys on Instagram, Facebook. You get to know them. Now, they see, post their personal lives so, now. So you get so to know them. So that's what I was going to get to. Like, you know, um, 
quite a few of our fans probably aren't into NASCAR, probably mm, aren't into right. Indy 500 kind of stuff. Um, so it kind of makes you wonder, like, you're saying pick a group, pick a team. Pick a team. That you can follow to kind of help you, yeah. guide you through that process of trying to get into it. Um, I think it's a great suggestion um, because that very reason, it gives you something to play for. You know, it gives you something to watch for because, you know, like fantasy football, you, same kind of concept. You know, you're like, oh, I don't really like NFL. But when you've got players who are playing that you're literally counting on to help you win, you know, uh, be able to talk, you know, a little smack to your coworkers or whatnot, your friends. Um, it's and, the same and, kind of concept yeah. with NASCAR. It's and like, I don't think it's even debatable that Hendrick Motorsports is probably the favorite in uh, in in the NASCAR. Um, Mainly because of Jeff Gordon, I think a lot of that ties back well, into he, Jeff Gordon. Yeah, I mean, Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, yeah. um, you've got the history with the Earnhardt, Dale Jr., and uh, all these guys are just popular faces. So yeah. Chase Elliott right now, um, Alex Bowman, just a bit, just good names, good respectable guys. I'm not not a huge fan of Chase Elliott, but um, Hendrick, respect. I don't have anything against him. I'm just a I'm a Penske fan, so. No wrong with that. But we, I mean, we don't really need to talk much more NASCAR. We are going to be talking more NASCAR, though, soon. Yeah. Because playoffs I mean, are coming playoffs up. Playoffs are coming, yeah. It's going to exactly. be a lot of fun. going to exactly. be a lot of fun so, to talk. These well, points, uh, similar to golf, because it gets down to nut crunching time. And uh, little events that seem little are big. And these guys are fighting hard. And if they don't make it, they get cut. You might not even ever hear that they get cut, but they get cut. They do. Their season's over. They're just playing for fun after that point. Well, let's go ahead and get into right into golf then because yeah. this weekend was a huge weekend in to, uh, terms of the, uh, the FedEx Cup because, you know, a lot of people going into the weekend were like, you know, can Tiger make that push to hop into discussion of the top 30 and be able to play next weekend for – you know, the FedEx Cup. And you kind of felt it going in that you're like, well, he hasn't played much. He hasn't played well when he was playing. So, you know, why why think that he can do it now? Well, he, he kind of gave false hope at times because he would get on a little bit of a run. And you'd be like, all right, here we go. Tiger, making a run. He's back. Here we go. But shortly, he would disappoint, you know, uh, not be able to finish and it's really about the other golfers that are going on and it just shows you how much of an exciting time it is in golf right now because you've got guys like Justin Thomas who absolutely put it on guy put on an absolute show shoots a 61 on Saturday and I mean and did it in a clinic form man it was it was awesome to see he uh, just couldn't miss. It was, you know, you're watching as maybe a, a guy who golfs, a guy who appreciates a game of golf, and you're watching him play, and you're like, this Justin Thomas guy, I mean, he, you know his name because of, like, you know, playing with Spieth, playing with Ricky, these guys, these younger guys. This was his time to shine, man. This was his course because he went out and he played lights out start to finish it was just great to see because he went into sunday and 
although he didn't hit the ball great in the beginning, he was still able to finish it because of that huge, huge day he had on Saturday. So very cool to see. And uh, very, you know, um, what's a word to say? Just it's so great to see where the game has gone because Tiger isn't going to play next week. That, that was my question. Did, I mean, I know he's not playing. Does Tiger stand a chance? He's fighting for the top 30. So he missed out. He yeah. missed. Yeah, I know. That's the point. Yeah. And so you, Does he stand a chance? Like, in the future, does he stand a chance right. to get where, back into the top? Where does he go from now? Because, I, you know, I, I don't know because, you know, you could say, well, he didn't qualify because he didn't play enough tournaments because of the injuries that he had all season and whatnot. Yeah, that's fair to say. But same time, it's like, what do you think? Why do you think he's going to be any different going forward? You know, why is he's he's going to play in the big right. tournaments? He's going to only do that. If he's not playing in the you know the decent sized tournaments going forward, and only plays in the big ones and doesn't perform. Well, guess what? He's not even going to be considered yeah. because, you know, he he had to uh, he had to crack the top twelve or something like that going right. in, going into Sunday if he was going to have a exactly. chance. Exactly. I was like, man, that's a lot of pressure. Right. You know, for one tournament to go yeah. say, you know, I got to I got to be twelfth or better, or I'm not going to play next week. Yep. And let, let me. Uh, that's just unfortunate. Let me first say that the new Belgium Abbey again. I mean, again and again and yeah. again. This beer is incredible. It's big time. Um, second of all, you were talking Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas takes over Brooks Koepka's spot for one. Uh, yeah. This is going to be a well, fun battle to watch because you know Kepka wants it. I he think, wants the know, FedEx Cup. I mean, I think Kepka's still won. I think it was Kepka won, JT2. No, JT's won, bro. You sure? Positive. I'll look it up to yeah, confirm. Yeah, Google it. Just make sure. But I think JT's too. But either way, with the moves that they've made, I mean, it is absolutely incredible because the talent level is just extreme because you don't know. I mean, Kepka didn't have a chance this week. And, I mean, JT just represented from start to finish. So uh, golf is just exciting right now, man. I mean, I know that's crazy to say as a guy who doesn't watch maybe a lot of golf. But there really is so much young talent, and and uh, you know, from week to week, you really don't know because everyone keeps saying, "Oh, Rory's gonna win." Rory, Rory, Rory. Have you seen Rory in that final pairing on Sunday lately? Because right, right. I haven't. Well, he's through his career struggle over no, the weekend, like Saturday, he Sunday. Has. It's been tough. But I'm just saying, this is his time that everyone keeps calling. Oh my God. It's gonna be Rory. It's okay, be is Rory. this real? What? Um, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley, and then Brooks Kepka. I knew I knew Thomas took over Kepka's spot. I didn't realize Patrick came into play. Uh, well, I mean, he's been very relevant lately. But, yeah, but I didn't you know, know he th- took over. These last Kepka. tournaments, it's how they weigh these tournaments. I mean, these last tournaments, um, you know, there's so many points on the line. And so you could literally go from like a guy who's like thirty first to second. I mean, we saw that with Patrick Dude, Reed. Cantley is in front of Kepka now. Kepka's third. We saw we saw uh, uh, Patrick Reed just a couple weeks ago when when the tournament. All yeah. of a sudden, he was like number two right. or something. Like that. But like, all of a sudden, I mean, all that really matters right now. Ricky Fowler's in nineteenth, and that is the most important thing in sports. 
because if he can go from 19 to 15 to 14 to 12 to 1, that is all I care about. So, go Ricky. Um, I don't have a thing against Justin Thomas. I think he's very easily easy to respect as well as Kepka. I respect him. Um, I just I don't like him quite the same. You don't like Fowler? No, I don't like uh, Thomas. Thomas. Well, I mean, it's hard to have anything against him. He's a golfer. I don't, like these I don't guys have don't show attitude. Him, yeah. Well, I mean, until I mean, you follow guys him like DeChambeau show attitude, and you're just like, DeChambeau, get out of here. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I mean, enough golf. We don't want to bore these guys no, too much. No. So We literally just went from NASCAR to golf. It's I like, know. Like, Let's just you, talk some can, hockey can already. Do, can we just that? please talk some hockey for the 14 hockey fans we have listening? <laughs> but, uh, I mean... If Tiger's not in golf, it's incredible how many people lose interest. Right. But Tiger is saying. the face it's, of golf it's, it's over the last two so, decades. It's just such an exciting time, though, with so many young golfers that it doesn't take much knowledge of the game to realize how special of a time it is. Right. Like, I There's love Tiger. That's, that's my players. guy, but I can still watch without him now. And I couldn't always say that. But to see... to. to we're golfers, so we understand. Yeah, right. We watch golf, so we understand. People don't necessarily understand, as non-golfers, as non-golf fans, the amount of talent that there is in golf compared to 10 years ago. Tiger Woods is really, he's not even relevant right now. No. I no. mean, it's it's yeah. debatable. Like, his name is relevant, but his he's play, he's nobody's not. scared of Tiger Woods right now. No. And he's, not even debatably, he's the best golfer that we've seen in our time. Jack Nicholas. I mean, these guys, like, there's debates yeah, we over get the to see full Jack history yeah. of golf. There's debates that Tiger's not the best. Last two decades, Tiger Woods is the best golfer. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. It's not even arguable. No. And he's not relevant right now. I know. I mean, it's this is weird. like taking weird, current weird Tom time. Brady and putting him at the 15th best quarterback in the NFL. And people all of a sudden are like. Forgetting how great he was. Wait, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. Like, where is this guy? What's going on? He's still playing. It's like it's, if Tom Brady weird, goes two and sport. two and fourteen this year, two and ten, whatever he goes, however many games they play, um, that's that's the story of Tiger right now. I mean, what he shoot like ten under last tournament, eight under. He was like, yeah, seven. He was yeah, he was uh, he was in the hunt for a minute. Saturday comes along, Tiger's gone. So yeah, he just couldn't he couldn't finish. He can't finish four rounds, you know. He'll won't show up, show up, won't show up, show up, and it's like right. No, nowadays you have to play four rounds. Even even four under, three under. No, you got to shoot them all three or four yeah. under, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Old so, man. All right, you want to talk some uh, baseball? Yeah. So I have just a couple things. I think we're gonna go ahead and post our. Um, you know, we had talked about a couple weeks ago. Our wrestlers, our our favorites. Oh, okay, are, some are wrestling. Okay. Well, I was just saying, I think we'll go ahead and post that to uh, Facebook. Yeah. Maybe an Instagram. Well, we can discuss get out it there, real just quick. Our five. Well, I I just wanted to mention a couple things. Yeah, with baseball I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll I'll uh, before we get into baseball, we'll we'll go ahead and wrap up here pretty soon. But right. um, wrestling. I'm saying the most notable wrestlers of all time. Not the best. <laughs> most right. notable. Most notable wrestler order? of all time. This is going to be an order, okay. yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm going to start with uh, Stark. <laughs> I'm going to start with Hulk Hogan. Okay. Um, I think it is fair to say 
that it's hard to argue. When, when you're talking WWE, you're talking WCW, NWO, uh, WWF. No matter what you're talking, college wrestling, professional wrestling. When you say the word wrestling, one of the first names that comes to your head is Hulk Hogan. Um, the dude is an icon. He helped build the sport. He, he grasped on to wrestling from some people that were prior to him. I understand that. Um, I'm 24 years old. No, what am I, 25 now. Uh, I don't fully understand everything that happened in wrestling before I was born. So I'm not quite trying to go back that far. But in our modern time, over the last 30, even 40 years probably, Hulk Hogan is the man. Everybody that thinks of wrestling, whether they've ever watched a night of WWE, WCW, NWO, WWF, they know who Hulk Hogan is. You know is. the name, yeah. Everybody knows him. Um, because of that, he's he's the face. He's one of the guys that's helped build the industry. Number two, The Rock. I think it's a solid number two. Um, he pretty much... Came after the Hulk Hogan, uh, took a similar role, took a very similar role, and was the face. I think that as Hogan was uh, fading out, The Rock came in. And you could smell what The Rock was cooking. I mean, that that's just what it is. Um, prior to The Rock, during Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Woo! I think that uh, everybody knows Rick. I think that Rick is a solid third. It was very hard for me to put Rick at number three instead of number two. Very hard. Because Ric Flair, um, he's a legend, to say the least. I mean, the guy's even got a TV show, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's almost died a couple times, and it's taken over social media. Um, but right behind Ric Flair, coming in strong at number four, Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is a guy that, when you think of wrestling, you're thinking of one of these four people, you know. Um, it just, he's helped build the industry. And uh, you watch fights, you watch the matches. The matches you've seen of Stone Cold, you just remember them. Because he is a legend in the ring. So, so far I've got Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Ric Flair, Stone Cold. Coming in at a strong fifth. And I tell you what, it's very, very, very hard not to put uh, this guy in the top three. But coming in at number five, The Undertaker. This is a guy that's only lost one match in his history that mattered. One match that mattered. What's he, 21-1 and one in WrestleMania history? 22-1? and one? Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. Um, when you think of wrestling, you know The Undertaker. These are guys... These are guys, everybody listening right now, whether you watch WWE, yeah. WWE, you know every single name I just named, and there's a reason for it, because these guys are legends in the sport. Yeah. And if I had an honorable mention, and arguably one of the most important people in the history of the sport, John Cena, this is a guy that comes in as the sport is dying, as the entertainment factor is dying, and he saves it, and he gives a life to it, 
and he finds a way to keep people interested as they start to discover, as they start to understand what the WWE is, is what WWF, NWO, WCW, what it all is. People are getting tired of it. They're getting a better understanding of it. John Cena finds a way to keep people interested. He finds a way to keep people keep people engaged and then he becomes interested in Hollywood as Stone Cold does as the Rock does as Hollywood as, as Hulk Hogan does Every, everybody in this industry does they're entertainers um, these are I very had a tough time just keeping it to, to the to the uh, top five so this is my top six and John Cena could arguably number one he could arguably be number six um, take it as it is but these are the six most important people in the history of the sport to me. And very, 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 very difficult. I'm going to add two more honorable mentions that I literally had the toughest time not including. One, Goldberg. Okay? This guy's an icon. Everybody knows Goldberg, too. And he was very important in the history of the sport. Number two. And also, my third favorite athlete. Right behind, um, might change this. Tony Hawk's probably one, Goldberg number two, and Dirk Nowitzki number three. Okay, <laughs> number seven, and I hate to do this because I know Preston's waiting to list his The Big Show, and I just can't go without saying that Who's because born? The Big Show, yeah. The Giant, these these are guys. That's my top seven. That's and, fair. And I think that. I can't. I just could not limit myself to a top five. Yeah. I had to say a top seven. So, well, let me let me tell you this. Top you, eight, technically. Even your top seven, top eight. What do you want to call it? Uh, it was very strong. Uh, I I was right there with you on a lot of them. Um, I really don't want to go ahead and rank mine just because the very essence of time. But, I will say. My list looks very similar to yours. Okay, and I haven't seen your list yet. In the aspect of Hulk Hogan is definitely on there. Ric Flair is definitely on there. Stone Cold is definitely on there. Undertaker is definitely on there. Okay. Which leads us to our last one. And don't get me wrong, the people's champ, (laughs) The Rock, is definitely an icon in the sport. And someone... Especially our age, everyone can like remember, oh, relate yeah. to things like that. But I, I've got to go with John Cena over The Rock. Yeah. Um, I think he means more to his era than The Rock did, just for the very essence that during The Rock's era, you had Stone Cold, you had The Undertaker, okay. you had Kane, you had these big names in that in that aspect. Well, John Cena is a guy who, he had a lot of big names, even such as the ones I've named already. But he mean, he means a lot more to his WWE than than The Rock did to right. his WWF, now, I, I believe. I think it kind of goes in decades. It does. I, I don't does. know, debatable, what, what it, Ric Flair or Hogan first, I don't know. I don't right. know the years. They're right um, there. I mean, no those doubt. guys are right there. After that, um, Stone Cold. Right. After that, The Rock. After that, John Cena. These are individuals that kept everybody interested in the sport. Now, just to clarify why we're even talking about such a thing, is a couple weeks ago we posted a a top 50 
wrestlers of all time and we got a lot of feedback there were a lot of people who were interested because they were a lot like us growing up who didn't watch wrestling you know at, at what point were you not knowing kind of what was going on uh you know understanding that guys were uh you know out there you know destroying each other and you're like yeah i'm all about this this is this is awesome you know i loved wrestling growing up and something that i followed for a long time and do respect to this day so when i look at this list i think it's it's very impressive for what these guys have accomplished um but we we see just a little different because you've got a great list and you know i just i think one or two guys change each other yeah. out and i think ours only different and john cena and the yeah, rock i mean it really is what it breaks and, it down to, and i so. respect that because john cena has kept wrestling alive what, for the last 10 years well you just look at john cena and the rock they're so similar in a lot of ways right that it's like literally you can give one of the they're other literally you know, the hollywood so. wrestler yeah so and they've each been in 10 movies so yeah. so we had to throw that in there uh just because it is important because the fans our fans have been talking about it, so we wanted to do that. Uh, which kind of brings me to my next point: is guys, we we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear what you're thinking, what you're what you're drinking, uh, because it is important to what we do here. Um, you know, we are a very uh, fan friendly podcast, and you know, we like to hear what you guys got going on. So, uh, Stephen, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, maybe Kane. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Still talking wrestling. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's so when you think of Kane, when you think of Sting. Yeah, no, it's, it's almost. I almost hey, feel like I'm this disrespecting list can keep going and going. No, I, I, I totally I did understand. literally just feel yeah. like I'm disrespecting my childhood by not putting them in there, yeah. by not mentioning McFoley's name, by just. I just feel bad about myself, and I can't do that, man. So at least I got their names out of my yeah, mouth now. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I honestly I think that the best of my week is probably going to be getting that wrestling list off my chest. That was tough. That Solid. was a tough list Solid. to make because there are twenty icons in the industry, and to limit it to five, tough, tough, tough. Goldberg. Probably my fav- second favorite. I mean, he was the guy that I looked up to more as a kid than anybody. And to not put him in that top five broke me, man. Yeah, that was tough. Um, so that was probably my best of the week was just being able to get that top five off of my chest. What was yours? Uh, I got to go. My top five is the home run race that's going on right now in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um. And we've talked about it kind of from the beginning of the year to now. Uh, Cody Bellinger is continuing on an absolute terror. He's got 42 home runs. Uh, Christian Yelich right behind him at 41. Did you see the video of Cody Bellinger back in the, the Little League World Series oh, yeah. that came up? Uh, was Maybe yeah. I didn't. Maybe no, it was I didn't. Bellinger. A, sur- a, a video resurfaced of him playing in the Little League World Series. He just dominated of course he hit he just dominated the huh. game it was no, cool i'll send it to you later. yeah i gotta see that yeah he had uh, like five hits and, and the team ended up winning like 16 to 4 or something like that nice uh mike trout 41 home runs i mean the dudes have an incredible year best you know player in major league baseball 
And then you got uh, Alonzo with the Mets at 40. He, you know, he's a rookie this Trout year. Trout is better than a Yankees third stringer? No, Alonzo's Mets, New York Mets. No, I know, but are you saying that Trout is better oh, than well, a yeah, Yankees yeah, third yeah, stringer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's strong that? coming from you. Right. Um, no, this is an incredible battle just because it's changing night to night, man. you got to watch baseball uh, each night to just find out because the, the these uh, – these standings continue yeah. to change from night to night. Big time weekend coming up too with the Yankees, uh, Yankees Dodgers. Dodgers. I was going to touch on a little bit on that on Friday mm-hmm. because I am super excited about that. The two best teams in baseball um, are but going. Whoa, 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 whoa! We're forgetting the Astros no, right now. Hey, statistically, I'm talking. I'm talking t- stats. I know, right. but we have to keep. No, they're right. We there. have to keep hey. economics. We have to keep hey. humanism. We have to keep Republicans and Democrats and <laughs> smart right. and stupid. Astros, the Astros are, are Astros, right there. Astros are right there. Yankees have the best record in the major in Major League Baseball, and obviously in the uh, American League. So. They're the best team. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, I know the Astros are super incredible. Totally understand that. But at the same time, I'm just I'm throwing stats, man. That's all I'm doing. And this week, uh, this weekend, you got Dodgers, Yankees. It's going to be a great showdown. I can't wait. Uh, but, yeah, we'll touch more on that on Friday. So, um, yeah. That would probably have to be my best, man, because it is an exciting time to be a baseball fan because these guys are knocking the balls out of the park, whether they're juiced or not. Who knows? But guys are having fun, hitting yep. home runs. It's exciting for the fans. So. Have you thought about your worst? Worst, man? It, it, it's got to be... Uh, it's got to be the injuries going on in the yeah. NFL. You know what we didn't talk about was the injuries with the Jets, man. Yeah. Their line, <coughs> their linebacker. We're gonna have to start cutting that out because that's really disturbing. Their the linebacker <laughs> goes from hero to zero. Yeah, that goes sucks. from the leading tackler to Avery freaking going down. Not gonna play in 2019. What's gonna happen to the Jets? Yeah. Are the Jets the new Mets? Could be. I mean, could be. It's rough. No, it, it's a tough time, man. It, it just it stinks because I keep seeing all these injuries going on. Uh, the Colts just uh, sustained a couple injuries, a couple guys hitting the IR for the Who? rest of the season. Exactly. Wait, but which we're, team? We're seeing it all over the NFL, and it's just really unfortunate because. These guys who have promised to their careers, these guys who are trying to make a name for themselves, are getting hurt before the season even right. starts. And that just stinks to see because yeah. we're so excited for football. We can't wait. Saturday, game one of the NFL, or excuse me, NCAA. NCAA yeah. First game of the year. We just, we're so excited. And it's just like, a lot of these guys aren't going to ever get to see the field because of that very reason that right. they're out. Right. And so, you know, uh, Gase blames himself for uh, for Avery Williamson's ACL really? tear. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the Jets. He's like, I get it, but why was I playing him in the yeah. second quarter? This is why Probably the team. This is why there. the guys aren't taking the team to Hawaii. Yeah. Why are you going to risk your team? Why risk that? Yeah. ACL. ACL seems to be very common, very hard to overcome. Yep. Season-ending injury. Yep. Um, it's unfortunate, man. You know, I don't like the Jets. I don't want to see that happen. 
Which leads me to my least favorite. 100% is Avery Williamson's tearing his ACL. I don't want to see that. No. Did the Packers uh, lose to the Jets with Williamson? Maybe. Did they win? Maybe. Either way, I don't want to see him get hurt because he's playing in a preseason game. Yeah. I mean, think about that. You got all these guys competing for jobs. And That's like playing warm-up. That. That's like warming up for dominoes and breaking your finger, man. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to see no, that happen. It's it's unfortunate and not what we're about and not what we want to see because, you know, we're at the point. You want to see guys be able to compete at the highest level right? when it matters most, not just preseason where, you know, you lose out on, you know, what they were able to do during you yeah. know, a game that doesn't really matter. Overall, so, though, great week, man. Yeah. UFC, NFL, NBA, just, uh, just some good news, bad news. But overall... Um, UFC, I didn't like the results of the two big fights. I didn't want Diaz to win. I didn't want Stipe to win. I don't like Diaz. I don't mind Stipe. But I wanted I wanted Cormier to win. I wanted Pettis to win. It just it didn't happen. So It was um, solid, though. That was yeah, like you said. maybe the worst was that my two picks in the UFC yeah, didn't work worse. out. But I can, I can have two worst. Out. I did. I mean, um yeah, so it was a good know. week. Though. Did you ever come up with the worst? Yeah, I said injuries. So uh, injuries, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So, um, anyways, I think we're gonna wrap up yeah. now. If you guys want to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's at Hopped On Sports. If you want to send us an email, Hopped On Sports at Gmail dot com. Preston, you have anything else to add? No, man. I, I'm just saying, like, we've got a great show coming up this next week. Uh, we're really excited about football. We'll talk lot of football yeah including our picks for the week and not gonna want to miss it not just for the week but for the year yeah afc nfc super bowl ncaa maybe even we might even break it down into big 12 sec big 10 we'll we'll see we'll see um uinta noble nectar go get it it is a good beer great beer good beer very very happy with it yeah new belgium belgium abbey very good we both very happy it was a great night drinking beer talking sports man this is what we love to do this is what we did hope you enjoyed it uh let us know what you thought send us a message man send us a message tell us tell us something you guys want us to talk about we'll get to it we didn't do the mailbox segment today we're going to save that for next week we do have a couple things lined up we've got some messages we need to talk about we will touch on that next uh well not next but this thursday and then friday night is the fantasy draft Saturday is some football, and Monday's episode is going to be lit, and we can't wait. Yes, sir. So you guys have a good weekend, and we will catch you next time. Take care, guys. Cheers. Cheers.